I was born three months early at a hospital in South Africa. Like a lot of premature babies, I was born without abilities that most humans have on arrival, and it meant I had almost zero coordination. No sports, no dancing, and when high school hit, no driving. If I got behind the wheel of a car, someone was going to die. Instead, I turned to books and I became obsessed with the work of an esteemed novelist. He was brilliant, acclaimed, and effortless, exactly the type of person I wanted to be. But to have any shot at that identity, I needed to leave my South African suburb. And so shortly after high school, I moved to Los Angeles, the driving capital of the world. I walked and I took the bus for over five years. One day, after sending my umpteenth fan letter to the esteemed author without response, out of the blue, he called me and he offered me the opportunity of a lifetime. A book he'd written was being adapted into a big film, shooting in South Africa, in Cape Town to be specific, my hometown. He needed someone who knew the city to be his assistant. Then he asked, would I like to be that someone? And as I began to just scream, yes, he added one small caveat. Much of the job requires driving me around. You do drive, right? Of course. This was completely my dream come true and also my worst fear rolled into one. I suddenly had six weeks to learn to drive and to get my license. So I hired the only driving instructor in my price range, a mostly non-English speaking Ukrainian named Vladimir. Get, you are NASCAR winner. The first time I got into Vladimir's car, I had a panic attack and almost reversed into the neighborhood cat. Immediately, reversing became my Achilles heel. I just couldn't figure out which way to turn the wheel. So I failed the driving test two times. Once for almost reversing into a cyclist. And then, on my third attempt, four days before I had to leave for South Africa, I passed. I should have been ecstatic, but I didn't feel that way. Just because someone gave me a driver's license didn't mean I actually thought I could drive. I arrived in South Africa five days before the esteemed author. I had to learn to drive on the other side of the road. On a good day, I could sort of drive straight, but I was awful at bends. Driving in South Africa was more like driving in a third world country. No one followed the laws, pedestrians threw themselves in front of your car, and everyone was insanely aggressive. The night before the author's arrival, trying to reverse, I had an accident in my rental car in front of 10 policemen. On my first day of the job, I drove to the airport to pick up the esteemed author. And he looked really old and really frail. And when he spoke, he had this strained, exhausted voice. I had this moment of just wanting to abandon him at baggage claim while I boarded the next departing flight. Instead, I drove him to lunch. Creeping down the slow lane of the highway, I kept wondering, can you tell I can't actually drive? I finally managed to stop trembling when we sat down to eat in a park. That is, until the conversation shifted from really nice getting to know you questions to him sharing over fish and chips that his best days were behind him, and he now welcomed death. I was so completely freaked out by this conversation that it took me a minute to process what happened next. 
the esteemed author collapsed. He caught himself on a railing and he held his chest and he was having a heart attack. And I was the only person there with him. I shook him and I said, I'm calling an ambulance. He snapped with a sudden viciousness. If you touch that phone, you're fired. Just take me home and leave me alone and let whatever happens happen. So I finally just nodded and with a lot of effort half carried him to the car. I laid him on the back seat, turned on the engine, and put the car in reverse. I pulled forward and reversed and forward and then almost knocked into the car next to me. And as he lay there dying, the esteemed author with the last of his energy lifted his head and wheezed, Turn the wheel a little more to the left. No, the left, not the right. Now straighten your wheel. Good, Kate. By the time I actually got out of the parking lot, he wasn't responding to anything. He lay on the back seat of my rental car, ashen-faced, eyes closed. He looked like a scared little kid. I knew what that felt like, and I didn't care what that kid wanted anymore. I stopped talking to him like he was the esteemed anything and started screaming, Stay awake, you old bastard! Don't think you're gonna get lucky enough to die on me! Wake up, old man! I did my first ever U-turn and screamed at him. And I don't care if you fire me, but I'm the one driving and I'm taking you to the goddamn hospital! And that's exactly what I did. Five days later, when he got discharged from ICU, I picked him up and I drove him home, where I had a small accident reversing into his garage door. He didn't flinch. He didn't fire me. And when he introduced me to his wife, he said, This is Kate. She saved my life. As it turned out, I was the best driver for the job. Though I won't blame you if you don't want to carpool with me. Many thanks for that, Kate. And Kate, because there are people out there I love and cherish in the L.A. area, please do alert me when you're on the road. That was produced by Mitzi Mock and Pat Asini-Miller. Now, Kate Ascott-Evans, in addition to being an actress and a writer, recently started something called the Imaginary Worlds Project, where artists, they interpret the imaginary worlds of children as creative work. Yep, see, I told you, she's good and kind-hearted. 